0: Steps into it, passes, caught! Diggs, sideline, touchdown! to The Unbelievable Podcast. I am B.J. Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Maholt, And today, well, there's not a whole lot going on in Vikings territory right now. So uh, we are into that situation where nobody's playing next weekend because it's the Pro Bowl. And of course, they cancel that due to COVID. um, And no one cares either way. Um, And on top of that, then the Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won't play for two weeks, so we're just kind of low on content right now. So this is going to be an interesting week of manufactured content from us. Um, fortunately, we do have a couple coaching moves or uh, movements, I suppose, um, that we have we can have a quick discussion on. Uh, but we're going to spend the majority of the show kind of stacking up the Vikings against the Green Bay Packers, and the timing on that. Is, is supposed to make sense. If you were watching this past weekend, uh, the green Bay Packers were officially eliminated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Both drew and myself had green Bay favored in that game. Um, ultimately that was not the outcome. And, um, some comments from Aaron Rodgers, uh, some comments from Matt LaFleur and, and so forth, um, have instilled a lot of controversial polarizing opinions. Um, and we're going to jump in on that. So, um, that's the game plan for today. Um, probably going to be a short one, but we'll see what happens. We always say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about these coaching moves first. Um, the We have official confirmation first and foremost that Gary Kubiak is retiring. He is done for what? I think it's the second or the third time now mm-hmm. um, filing the paperwork to the NFL. He will not return as the Vikings offensive coordinator. Now we've talked about what this kind of means uh, for this team, what they need to look for, um, or I, I suppose what we think they need to look for. Uh, some changes have happened since we had that discussion. Anthony Lynn no longer a you know a, pot, a potential candidate. My personal favorite, if you remember, um, he's going to Detroit instead. Um, other movement around the league, just in general, uh, the Vikings are going to kind of have last pick of the draw um, as a result of what's been happening with these teams that have already been eliminated for from the postseason, um, and we're already making these moves while the Vikings were waiting on Kubiak's announcement. So uh, where, do, you know, where do they stand in that regard? How do you feel? Is there anyone that really sticks out to you at this point where you're like, I would love to see the Vikings go out and get Joe Brady, for example?
1: Um, at this point, the fact that there hasn't been you know a lot of reports rumors of them interviewing people things like that i i just find it very likely that they're going to go to Kubiak. Um, they've they've got a track record of going to the in-house guy and when they haven't gone to the in-house option such as John D Filippo it's kind of gone south so um there's there's just a lot of evidence to me to believe that they're going to go to Clint Kubiak here. Um, and whether you, I mean, I think we there's a discussion we had, and we've had that a little bit already about the pros and cons of that, but I just, given where things are right now, and the fact that, you know, Zimmer seems very high on how the offense played last year, and he should be. Um, and he's going to want to keep that continuing as much as, po- as much as possible. So I think he's going to stick with Clint Kubiak here.
0: Absolutely. You know, there's there's generally when a coach is, leaves your staff in some way, shape or form, um, you either try to do one of two things, continue on with what was working, you know, maintain some consistency or you try to go in a different direction because you sucked and You need to figure out a new path to success. Uh, the Vikings are in a position where I think most of us would agree that consistency on offense would be nice. Um, they f- finished very high against, you know, relative to the rest of the league in a number of statistical categories, it was more turnovers and kind of untimely play that hurt the team, as opposed to, you know, consistent offensive drives, mm-hmm. leading to points, whether that was touchdowns or field goals, um, they were getting into that area with consistency for 16 games. That was not the problem this season. So that evidence lends to what you're saying. Clint Kubiak kind of makes sense. He's of course um, the son of Gary Kubiak, who can pick the mind better than the, you know, the son of, um, he probably is the closest thing there is to what the Vikings did last year in terms of philosophy, you know, style of play, general opinion, um, yeah, school of. And thought, now we cetera. should clarify:
1: we don't know what you know. Maybe Clint does have a a, a different philosophy than Gary. You know, there are things to consider right. there. But um, yeah. and the thing I'm sure the Vikings have understood that, and they're talking with him now about that. Uh, but there's just it's it might not be a, pic, a picture perfect replica if you will but you know it's probably the closest thing as you said that the Vikings are going to get to Gary if that's what they were trying to do is kind of keep things moving as they did in 2020.
0: So then do you agree with the notion that the Vikings should try to trend in the same direction as opposed to going outside higher and trying to bring in a new school of thought or some you know innovation?
1: Yes and no I think I, I I guess I just point to the overall you know, the, the larger picture thing of having an offensive head coach is where the Vikings should go. Right. Um, so that's, but this, if the Vikings are going to stick with Zimmer, um, which it appears that they will, right? Uh, and I don't see any reason that that will change. Um, then I will, and I would say, yes, stick with stick with the Kubiak family, I guess, and go with Clint here.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think nepotism is the right move uh, in this situation <laughs> for all of us. Um, I don't think outside hire makes sense for the Vikings in this situation. You know, you don't need to, You want to try to maintain as much consistency at that position as you can, you know, in terms of who's calling the plays, period, right? Um, The Vikings have an opportunity to do something like that, which I would say this is the best opportunity to maintain consistency that they have had since Kirk Cousins arrived.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's like, I'm always going to be for kind of taking that risk, right? It's just, I don't know, like, is that risk worth taking at offensive coordinator or does it apply to quarterback? Because That's, quarterbacks where it's always talked about, like, do you want the the risk to take at quarterback What the Chiefs did with Mahomes? You know, they had Alex Smith, who was rock solid and uh, a really good starting quarterback for them, but they took the risk on Mahomes and it paid off. Um, and then there's kind of the discussions of, you know, the Sean McVays and the Cliff Kingsbury's and the guys that are these offensive gurus that uh, be kind of didn't have a ton of experience, weren't really, you know, they were young guys, but they have, I would say, you know, work, at least those two guys have worked out. And so do the Vikings gamble, so to speaking, maybe, or maybe Clint Kubiak is that gamble. I mean, there's a discussion to be had there too.
0: That's, you know, I, I want to kind of draw attention to the point that the timing here matters as well, right? The Vikings are coming off of a down season, a season in which has, you know, in my personal opinion, and I assume probably a lot of yours as well has put Mike Zimmer's butt on the hot seat uh, for next season. If the Vikings go six and 10 or pro- even seven and nine again, he's going to be gone. So, this is a situation now where in general i would say maintaining consistency is kind of the you know politically correct move it's not going to get anyone fired it's not going to get anyone in trouble it makes sense to try to maintain what you did last season but if you're mike zimmer and you know you know your ass is on the line and you also know that your defense it can improve and it will improve significantly i'm sure but it was really bad last year you're gonna need to be carried by your offense again um, is it better to try to go with the young guy who has never done this before and just has the family name or try and go out and find someone else yeah. that can do something special? It, it, the timing matters here. Mike Zimmer, this is Mike Zimmer's call or I guess Rick Spielman's call, but through Mike Zimmer, this is their call. Um,
1: Which both of them are kind of the same scenario. I mean,
0: yeah, they're yeah. tied.
1: They're tied. So if they lose again
0: next season, they're gone. Both of
1: them. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, it's uh, you're right about that. But I mean, Again, with even the, all that said, I still expect that they go to Clint. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I, I mean it's, I do just, too. I,
0: it's just so anticlimactic. It's just like it race hell over here about it, but I think we know what the Vikings. are. I mean,
1: what? I don't. Maybe I'm just missing out. But like, I I'm on Twitter a little too much in my life, and I haven't seen any rumors or reports or anything of, um, you know, interviews or anything like that.
0: Yeah, neither of mine. So. All right, let's let's uh, let's move in away from that direction here into the other coaching move that was just made or just announced, I suppose, um, a couple minutes before we started recording this show, uh, and that is the departure of defensive backs coach Durante Jones. Now, uh, many of you, I assume, probably not too familiar with this name, and that's because you're familiar with Jerry Gray, who, of course, departed two years ago, and he was replaced by Durante Jones, who took over um, and brought this beauty of a defensive backseason to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this is an in- interesting situation. The Vikings did not fire him, which given the defensive back play a little bit up and down, but there was also some nice, you know, notable movement from guys like Cameron Dantzler. You saw development from, you know, other players across the board. And you saw some guys get the most out of who they are as a player in the NFL. Um, So there is good and bad here for Durante Jones. Uh, But ultimately the numbers say he sucked last season, Uh, but he's going to LSU. He's going to be the new defensive coordinator for Ed Ogeron. Um, that's a big time move. I don't think Ed Ogeron would think the guy sucks that he's bringing to, you know, be in that position for him. Um, where are you at with this move? Do you care? Does this matter?
1: Um, I don't want to say I don't care because that just seems like it's kind of arrogant, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a huge, uh, emotional attachment to Durante Jones. Um, I don't have a huge attachment to the way things went in the secondary last year. So like, you know, this is whatever, like, uh, and I, again, I mean, I'm sure Durante Jones is great. You know, uh, we just never, I don't think he was given the chance really here to, to build something the way a defensive backs coach maybe does, or at least the way Jerry Gray was able to. So there's a lot of things to consider there. And, um, I just good for him for getting this position to, that he's expected to, I mean, it's not official yet should clarify, but, um, uh, expected to take this job, which is, you know, it's kudos to really, I think the Vikings as a, as a whole for sort of, it seems like, you know, a lot of teams and coaches and organizations look to the Vikings now for, for hires. I mean, it happens a lot. Offensive coordinators become head coaches. Assistant GMs become GMs with Peyton. Uh, now you got a defensive backs coach becoming a D coordinator at a, you know, power five powerhouse in the college football world. So uh, kudos to him.
0: Sometimes it's more about knowing the philosophy, um, having kind of the philosophy you want, as opposed to a track record of solid execution. I think Cliff Kingsbury is probably the best possible example of this. The philosophies that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury was employing at the college, at the collegiate level um, were awesome. Super innovative, crazy downfield attacking vertical spreads, you know, makes the usage of the entire field from sideline, vertical, horizontal, whatever. That was all very cool it didn't translate to wins at the collegiate level. And honestly, it hasn't translated to wins at the professional level yet either. Uh, There's reason to believe it might, but regardless, you you see my point here, they hired him because they thought his philosophy might work. There was that, it was that gamble.
1: I mean, that's that gamble that teams are going to have to, are trying to take nowadays to find the next McVay, if you will. And I mean, this is sort of off topic, but like, it's, you know, my buddy's talking about this day, actually in the group chat about Kingsbury, how much of a risk that was. And the fact that he had Pat Mahomes in college and, You know, was what I think we're a 500 team at Texas Tech. Mahomes also
0: wasn't very good. Well,
1: or maybe he was, and it was just—I mean, there's—I don't—I didn't watch enough of him to know, to be honest. But um, there's just—I mean, it it doesn't look good on Kingsbury's record, is I guess what I'm saying. That he had Mahomes in college and had a couple of great weapons there, like DeAndre Washington, and he had, uh, I believe, was a Kiki Cutie, who's also in the NFL now, playing for the Texans. Like he had options there, and they were a very average Big 12 football team, but. Anyway, that's very off-topic in terms of the Vikings, so.
0: But, I mean, the, the point the point stands here that, you know, Durante Jones comes to Minnesota. He spends one year in Minnesota after four years coaching um, with different organizations, primarily Cincinnati and Miami. So, he get he brings in philosophies from all these different guys, um, and all of a sudden you've, you add Zimmer into what he's, you know, had in sure. the mix previously. Um, some of this stuff matters, you know. Brian Flores, I believe, would be in that group as well. Um, there's a lot of different schools of thought coming kind of coming into a young developing mind. I would consider Durante Jones to be young relative to, you know, coaches and, you know, in professional and collegiate football. Um, so this is definitely a power move by him um, going from mm. a fading. Yeah, maybe, good a for him. That's and heck of a he's move. going to LSU. I mean, this is going to give him every opportunity to shine. If he shines mm. at that level, I mean, we could be talking about this guy. coming. And you're going to get a, you're going to get the opportunity football. to play
1: Alabama, right? If you're yeah. able to control a container out of Alabama, that's a huge step. So, I mean, watching LSU against them last couple of years, been tough against uh, Alabama offense, but.
0: So the obvious subsequent question here is then, how do the Vikings replace this guy now? Now this is a smaller uh. role here. This is an assistant coaching position. You don't even necessarily need to. You know fill this position keeping in mind of course that there is you know there are titles across every nfl team um that are you know interchangeable to a degree and some teams choose to employ some positions some don't um the vikings have historically employed a defensive backs coach of course and jerry gray being the most consistent one over at least my lifetime or my lifetime as a fan i suppose um so there's an expectation that that position will be filled um is there anyone internally that you were like that you're just like ah, i would love to see this guy get another opportunity is there anyone that sticks out that you've heard anything about not
1: really. Um, and that's just me not digging deep enough. You know, I mean, I, I just, with the defensive backs coach, like it's, it's just when Mike Zimmer's the head coach, right. And his calling right, and card is, is point the too, development yeah. of defensive backs. Like it's just one of those positions that I personally into and admittedly just kind of gloss over uh, just because of what the way Zimmer uh, his reputation has built itself as this guy that can develop D backs. Like what, you know, not saying Durante Jones didn't do anything or doesn't deserve this promotion, anything like that. It's just it's a position that, frankly, I kind of gloss over because of what Zimmer is supposed to be doing.
0: Right. Right. And that that's an important piece here, too, that whoever is jumping into this role is going to have to you know, completely immerse themselves in what Zimmer does, right? Um, if And Zimmer is old school. Some of it's really fun and innovative. I mean, I don't think we see the double A gap as much as we used to for what it's worth, and some of those looks are a little bit different than, you know, they were four or five years ago. Yeah. But you have to – Twiver is coming in here is going to need to be built into what Mike Zimmer's approach is because it's at least not leaving for another season, right? Um, he's not going to be – I don't think the Vikings are the type of team that fires someone mid-season. So whatever happens here, um, you're going to get a year under this guy. Um, I think the most – you know, I think the I think the solution to this issue is just to promote Roy Anderson. He's your assistant defensive backs coach. For those of you who are not aware, um, younger guy. I don't know much about him other than his name and I can read you his bio if you want, but I'm not going to, cause you can Google that yourself. Um, he's an interesting, he's an interesting candidate here. I think it keeps continuity at a position where you did see some good growth. Um, and I think you have to be happy with some of the tech, the technical improvements of guys like Dancler um, specifically who, you know, started as a grabber and kind of started gravitating towards, you know, that development that Xavier Rhodes had a couple of years back where instead of grabbing all of a sudden now you're able to, you know, get off coverage and, um, you know, avoid that call in the future. So there's some development there. Um, There's some reason to believe that there's going to be consistency here. I think it'll be an internal hire. And really I don't think it affects the immediate outcome of the Vikings either. So um, there's that. Um, That's where we stand in terms of coaching staff as of this recording. Um, And I'm sure we will have further developments in this situation the next time we speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, But until then, let's, uh, let's discuss what's going on in the NFL postseason and kind of how that relates to your Minnesota Vikings. Now, uh, the biggest stories, of course, coming out of this past weekend being the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl over the Buffalo Bills. And more importantly, for our purposes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers overwhelming the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, sending them home um, quickly and quietly and advancing to the Super Bowl for Tom Brady's 10th appearance. Now, I would love to talk about Tom Brady. There's no reason to do so here. I don't I think you guys are going to get enough of that. Um, so let's talk about the losing team, which I think you guys are probably more interested in. Um and what this means and where your Vikings stack up moving forward. Uh, the Packers just had a great year. Um, they also had a year that came short of expectations, and they also had conversations immediately after this game that suggests that there will be significant changes in the not-so-distant future. Whether that's Rodgers himself or other positions, um, this team may look very differently. So with the, with the Packers losing in the NFC championship, how good or bad do you feel about your Vikings to compete against them? um, Relative to the, the, you know, the choices that they may or may not make.
1: Yeah. So this is fun because I mean, Vikings beat the Packers at Lambeau this year, uh, which is the best part about this, by the way, two quarterbacks beat Rodgers at Lambeau this year, Tom Brady and Kirk cousins. (laughs) Just keep that in mind. (laughs) Um, But so the, the fun part about all of this, right. And the fun part about last off season was making fun of the Packers draft. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying that the Packers draft class cost them this game. Cause that, that's just not true. I mean, the fact that, you know, there's a bunch of different things. We talk about coaching decisions, kicking field goals, uh, not taking advantage of Brady interceptions, things like that are ultimately what matter. But, um, you look back at how they drafted and the way they, they, uh, proceeded in the free agency period. Um, and for years, right, the 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 knock against Green Bay is that they weren't doing enough to help Aaron Rodgers. Um, you have the drop on the two-point conversion for Equinemia St. Brown. Um, you have drop problems all year long from Marquise Valdez-Scantling. Now he did get much, much improved down the stretch of the season. But how much would it have helped to have a star young receiver in that offense all year long, a la Justin Jefferson. Now Packers would have had to be aggressive to get him, obviously, but Justin Jefferson or a, you know, till you take a chance on like a Brandon Ayuk or somebody like that.
0: T Higgins, maybe. T would Higgins, looked nice.
1: right. You know, that could have been a huge change in this offense. And so I'm not, again, I'm not going to say that that's the reason they lost, but now you, I look back at this last offseason because the Vikings lost a bunch of talent. You know, the Bears and Lions didn't do a whole lot. Um, Packers missed a real opportunity, I think, in free agency and in the draft to solidify their supremacy in the division for the long haul. Uh, a to keep Rodgers around, keep him happy enough to be in Green Bay, uh, which I think by default would keep them supreme in the division. But also, even if Rodgers leaves, you had the chance for roster development moving into the future. And I don't think they did that very well because you drafted a QB who, which I'm all for drafting a QB when, you know, drafting QBs at the most important position, good thing to do. Then you go after a running back who not the best receiving guy, um, kind of an old school back and AJ Dillon. Then I think their third pick was like an H back tight end guy who uh, didn't contribute very much at all. He might've been injured, but uh, Josiah, Dick I think was his name. So they're not, in terms of positional of value, they didn't do a whole lot, uh, and so you wonder if they maybe missed that opportunity because I think they're maybe letting the rest of the division stick around or at least have that chance to kind of keep up in the next coming years. And then we can also talk about the fact that Rogers really hinted at some things with his game comments.
0: So, the Packers draft. You're right. That in itself, those you know three, four players that in theory may or may not have contributed had they done a better job, did not influence the outcome of this game. You know, significantly. Was there a couple plays where you probably would rather have, you know, uh, Brandon Ayuk in there? Probably, yeah. yeah. But did it change the outcome? No. The Packers shot themselves in the foot. It was Lafleur's LeFleur, decision to not go for it on fourth, and even give himself the opportunity. Um, yeah, completely inexplicable. <laughs> they they did this to themselves, and but and really. Um, I don't like what Aaron Rodgers said about how he said, you know, something in so many words that it wasn't his call. I don't think you say that out loud. I think it's something you let us all think it um, because we know it. Um, But he's right. It wasn't his call, and the call that was made sucked. Now, a lot of the calls that have been made on his behalf lately have really sucked, and that's really what matters here. It's not the outcome of this game that matters. I think if the Packers had found a way to win and gone to the Super Bowl, we'd be having this same discussion if the Super Bowl ended in defeat for the Packers. And honestly, it may have, we may have this discussion anyways, even if the Packers had won. There's, there's adversity there caused by decision-making that Aaron Rodgers does not like. It's as simple as that. It really is. And, you know, you go three for three, you go 0 for three in your first three picks in terms of what Aaron Rodgers would like. And then you make this call, which is basically saying, I'm going to trust my defense here to get the ball back instead of Brady. my Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Against Tom Brady, instead of my Hall of Fame quarterback to go, what was it? Five yards. I mean, it was
1: less than ten. It was like seven, yeah, seven yards, I think.
0: And we had already <laughs> seen on the previous play that you know, had Aaron Rodgers made the right decision, he could have just ran it himself. They were that close that he could have just ran it himself. Um, it's another decision where it's just like, dude, are you trying to piss off maybe the best quarterback in the game? Are you are you trying to? Because I think you are. And so this is what I really think happened here. I think Matt Lafleur is trying to put his stamp on the roster, like just about every coach ever does. The difference here. Is that you try to put your stamp on the roster when something's not working when mike zimmer comes in and the defense sucks that's when you change everything you're like i'm going to bring my philosophy in here we're going to fix everything about this defense this cover two that leslie frazier was running not working anymore we're going to be aggressive we're going to change everything and we're going to get the personnel to do so it worked for the vikings the packers we're already good. They already had their quarterback of the future. His name is Aaron Rodgers. He's the short – you know, he's the past, present, and future for this team. It's so obvious. But Matt mm-hmm. LaFleur was like, I'm going to try to change this team and put it in my direction. I'm going to send this team, you know, the way that I want it to go instead of building on the mm-hmm. blocks that they had. And credit McCarthy, to Rodgers. He
1: did, he did buy in. I mean, it took him – I think, you know, there's a bunch of – uh you know comments uh the response to rogers maybe not as explosive of a year last year was that oh it took him a year to get used to the system that Lafleur installed 2020 was awesome right so he i would say he bought in even though he he's made it i think clear that he hasn't loved all the decision making i think you know obviously the one that comes to mind is jordan love what he was kind of going on you know pat mcafee show or um was it uh kyle brant um on uh, NFL, good morning, America, or whatever, (laughs) good good morning football, whatever it's called. Um, And he said along the lines of, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't love it, but, you know, my job is to, you know, lead this team, and that means developing the next quarterback, blah, blah, blah. So he's made it, clearly doesn't love the decision-making, but he bought in because he wants to win. And he was, again, a couple games short of a Super Bowl title again. Um, But, like, ultimately, Packers did not improve him last year. 13-3, and lost the NFC Championship twice in a row. They ultimately did not improve, and you look back at the opportunities missed. Could they have been more aggressive in free agency? Yes. Could they have been more uh, more decisive, better, made better decisions in the draft in terms of the position of value? I would say yes. Uh, and now I'm not here to – where I want to relate this to the Vikings is because for as bad as the Packers may have messed this up, we should also acknowledge that the Vikings were in a position that they had to rely on rookies this year to be successful. Whereas the Packers were already 13 and three NFC champion. Well in the NFC championship game, if they had gotten contributions from rookies that were nearly what the Vikings got this year in terms of Jefferson Gladney and uh, a Packers are probably winning that game at Tampa. I'd say if they had, if, if, if Green Bay had a Justin Jefferson out there next to Devontae Adams, I think they would. They the had
0: Brandon Ayuk and Antoine Winfield. Put those two guys, which are yeah. both feasible picks. Um, how much of a difference does it make? We don't know. I we think can't they win. It, but it's, it's I think different.
1: they win. I think it's they different. win. There's a couple times in the red zone where Rodgers was, well, the two point conversion for one that Saint Brown dropped right into his hands. I mean, come on, uh, especially right. as somebody who teased the Packers to three and a half plus three and a half yesterday. That did upset me. <laughs> but the uh, there's serious uh, question marks that you can answer with that. So when at the south side, the Vikings relied so heavily on rookies because they had to because of how bad the roster was prior to the season. And, of course, injuries played into that as well. So these teams are both – how do, how do I put this? The Vikings are in a really bad spot as well. It's just a very different bad spot because of where the Packers are. Packers roster is great. to have the Hall of Fame quarterback, and they missed, their cha- their, they missed their chance to solidify themselves up there. The Vikings are kind of working their way from the bottom because they have to because of decisions they made prior, uh, including the digs trade, letting go of some key players, uh, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So I want to make one more point on the Packers and we can go back to where kind of where the Vikings stand, you know, Mm -hmm. heading into this season with, you know, with respect to the Packers. Um, Ted Thompson, of course, um, he's unfortunately passed away, but that's not neither here nor there about my point. But one of the biggest knocks on him um, in his career with the Packers specifically was the fact that he just didn't acknowledge the existence of free agency. Right. Um, he just he very rarely even made an attempt. And if it was an attempt, he was maybe spending three million dollars or something. Yeah, it was like, like Jimmy Graham or something like that. It was yeah, it was very minuscule and never, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity that is there. Now, is there always an opportunity there? Are there teams that overdo it all the time? I mean, we regularly see teams, you know, overspend in free agency and then later suck. Yeah, there's arguments for both sides, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, this is a guy who got fired. For uh, in many reason, for many reasons, because he wasn't trying to take a greater advantage of the resources given to him. Matt Lafleur is doing something similar, uh, but it's more aggravating. Um, he's not only disregarding the resources that he has available to him. Aaron Rodgers. It's not just him. It's Aaron Jones too. I mean, you go get AJ Dillon when you've got Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones that are already working. Well, then I think
1: I think they're under the impression that Jones is gone. Uh, you don't draft AJ Dillon if you understand like. So plan, why is I he think, gone? He's I think gone because of them. To, well, I think so. This is actually something I would agree with the Packers on. They don't want to pay the big running back contract because Jones, Jones is going to Jones is going to want that. He's going to get that somewhere else. And I actually agree with the Packers there. You stick with Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon as a one-two one, two punch. I like that better personally. Um, but at the same time, maybe Aaron Rodgers wants Aaron Jones around. You know, so it's one of those things where. You, you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers around, right? Like you're seeing this with the Texans too, right now, where you got a guy who is one of the top five most valuable players in the league. Like very easily might be the might be number one. I think for sure Mahomes would maybe take the cake there. But um one of the most viable players in the NFL, one of the most valuable athletes in the world, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have or should have a say in the decisions that you make about the franchise's direction. Um, Texans are kind of missing out on that now with Watson. Um, I found, I saw something to say about Stafford and the lions where he wants out now because of the offensive coordinator situation. So you got to get these guys involved. These are, these guys are carrying the franchise on their back, the quarterback position. If they're a stud quarterback, that's that they carry the franchise on their back. And so if you trust them and if they're elite players, you should be trying to help them as much as you can. It seems like LaFleur is kind of, uh, he's, I wouldn't say he's going out of his way to not do it, but he's not taking advantage of the resource that is Aaron Rodgers right there.
0: And that is in its simplest form is the reason why everyone's pissed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because he's literally disregarding the opinion of people's opinions who we want. You know, if if you're a Packers fan, we want Aaron Rodgers opinion to be accounted for. We think that his important in in, in, not only that it's an important opinion, but it's an aggressive one too. It's going to be helpful. It's going to give you more of an yeah. opportunity well, to have all the facts.
1: It starts off with the message that you send by drafting, that's, training up to draft a quarterback. I mean, that's that's all how it, it starts. You know, It's
0: just the message. It's not about the result at all. They could have, if they had drafted, you know, I don't know. I don't care. Who, pick, pick who it is. Pick, drafted Justin Herbert. And we knew somehow that we're clairvoyant and we know that Justin Herbert is going to be as good as he is as a rookie playing in San Diego. Uh, or Los Angeles. I'm just butchering this, whatever. Um, <laughs> it, so, it wouldn't matter that you got a good quarterback and maybe Jordan love is good. It wouldn't matter. It's literally the decision that they made it. That's it. And just a bunch of decisions that are conflicting with the core of your team. And to me, that really puts, that alienates everyone on the roster because if Aaron Rodgers is uh, upset, he's the most passive aggressive asshole in the world. It's going to, it's going (laughs) to annoy everyone. It's just, he's, he's, I don't even think he knows he's doing it to be honest with you, but
1: well, the comments you, you mentioned, uh, Passive aggressive. Like, how about what? I mean, what he said was extremely passive aggressive. So, something about like a lot of guys, he said something about like, it sucks making it this far and not getting the ultimate prize with all these guys who now their futures are in doubt, including mine, something like that. And it's like, whoa, like, he's still on this contract extension for a couple more years. Uh, It's just to, to hint at that even you know suggests that he's not fully bought into the Packers organization. And so now I think we can talk about a couple of scenarios where now I don't I don't think the Packers are going to let him go. It'd be dumb to do so because you know A I think Rodgers to an extent does need that pass protection that Green Bay provides him, which is the best probably in the league. But also the other argument is it seems to be that Rodgers likes to get maybe take a year so to speak to get into a system before thriving in it, right? So those two things combined, it doesn't make sense for Rodgers to leave. It doesn't make sense for the Packers to let him go. But if he's, if the guy's unhappy, there is a scenario out there where he is playing for another team. And if he's gone away from green Bay, I like the Vikings chances a heck of a lot more in the NFC
0: North. What if they just flipped Dak and Rogers and just alleviated those two issues? <laughs> Would Rodgers want to go back to McCarthy? I mean, I, uh, uh, mm. probably not, but I don't know something. Uh, I would something hate it can...
1: that though. Like for as much, cause I, I'm a Rodgers fan, right? I, to get him away from green Bay and then, but only to see him go to fricking Dallas would be terrible. I yeah. don't have to bring that up anywhere. Take, put him to the AFC, give him the AFC.
0: Okay. So this begs ultimately the question, the, you know, to draw the comparison to the Vikings, which situation would you rather have? the Rocky one with the head coach and Mike Zimmer, um, kind of, you know, not on the hot seat, but near it. It's, it's someone's turning, you know, someone started the microwave a little early. Um, it's, would you rather have that with the talent that you know, you have the quarterback situation that you're stuck with. And many of us are, you know, uh, not
1: meh. It's meh. meh.
0: Yeah. It's meh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, would you rather have all of that heading into next year? and the opportunity knowing what your GM has historically done um, and the players you're going to get back from the COVID list theoretically and injuries and so forth, or what the Packers have right now, which seems like a lot of internal turmoil. Um, You've got a bad draft position now because you won. I mean, that's good for you. You won, but you do have bad draft position now. Ha ha. And um,
1: (laughs) that's how I get back at the
0: Packers. (laughs) (laughs) Who would, which situation would you rather have?
1: I mean, I'm going to take green Bay and, And until Aaron Rodgers is off the roster, I will take Green Bay. And I'm just saying that because this is sort of like, eventually there should be a wake-up call, right? Um, You know, get this guy some help. Get this guy what he wants. Because he's a top three football player in the league at the most important position in the sport. Get him what he wants. And he's still on your roster. He's still under contract. They have that advantage, which is, a more significant advantage than any other potential advantage the Vikings could have in that scenario. So I'm going to take the Packers situation and there's, I mean, that roster is still good. Like it's still a great roster, but there are key holes that can be improved to lift them to that next level. They missed their opportunity in 2020 and there's, they still have the chance to do so. They need to take advantage of it. Or, you know, I mean, we know about riders and the passive aggressiveness It could get more aggressive uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, um, it's just it's a fun situation. To m- I still think the Packers have the better you know situation. Oh yeah, well because they got well, a better the Vikings were seven to nine. Right. Wait, was it
1: seven to nine? Six? I don't even remember what the record but, was now.
0: Seven to nine. Um, but it is fun to monitor, and I'm going to be keeping an eye on this because it will. It's, it's also just be fun for fun us to, to, watch, to make out. fun of the
1: Packers. Like yeah. we we we're, have we're making fun of the Packers despite that they went thirteen and three and kicked the crap out of the rest of the NFC except for we, Tampa.
0: We have to. It's either that or go cry in a corner. I mean, what would you rather do? Right, I think it's an obvious decision there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the show. Um, I don't think we have anything else. Interesting for you. one, fun one. <laughs> uh, do you have uh, any closing thoughts that you'd like to deliver about football or otherwise? I just
1: want to say I I, I don't understand how coaches are so bad at fourth down decisions.
0: Hey, we should Un- make our Super Bowl picks quick.
1: Unbelievable, unbelievable. I don't get it. Fourth down decisions. I don't I don't understand. Two of them. Yeah, we can we can do Super Bowl next week. We can. Since oh, we, got right. a, we, we got don't a pick up. we got a couple weeks. We got a couple weeks, but
0: Pro Bowl picks. Um, Sean McDermott,
1: like... man. Those field goals. Play the Chiefs.
0: Playing the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Now I'm going to kick a field goal from 20 yards. Good luck. <laughs> that's waving the white flag to your yeah. entire team. Oh my
0: god. Ben. Yeah. And Stefan Diggs standing there being the last person on the field
1: getting yeah, That's
0: going. That's uh I feel like that was I'm not saying that Stefan Diggs isn't the type of guy to be like that, but I think he was fully aware that someone would take a picture and put it on Twitter. That's just what I I think. I I I think he is like that. I think he's the type of guy who would do that anyways, but I also think he knows what he was doing. He knew that it was good optics for his his future. That's my final thought. Um, Thank you guys as always uh, for listening to the show. Um, We'll be back next week with, um, hopefully some more Vikings updates. Otherwise, we will manufacture some more content for you because um, that's what we do. Um, you can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to check out the Climb in the Pocket Network. Um, I know we have a couple new shows. Um, it, I think there's two or maybe three now. Um, so check out what those guys are doing. Um, everyone's working hard to deliver some content in a situation where there's not much content to be found. So um, check that stuff out. You can also find us on YouTube if you would like to watch this program. Um, and lastly, uh, you can find us on Daily Norseman make sure to check that us out as well as the rest of the writers on that website so um, thank you very much for tuning in and we will catch you guys next